في عده اشياء تتكرر اذا جاز التعبير بيكون في سبعه من هيدي وسبعه من هيدي وسبعه من هيدي uh, several things come in sets of seven uh, there are seven seals سبع اختام followed by seven trumpets سبع ابواق followed by seven bowls or vials سبع جامات تسكب على الارض of course uh, all of these things uh, basically are judgment دينوني دينوني so uh, let me mention quickly the sequence of events in the book of revelation the seven seals الاختام السبع Uh, these begin in uh, Revelation chapter 6 uh, The first seal is the appearance of the Antichrist The second seal uh, has to do with great war upon the earth uh, The third seal, uh, famine uh, The fourth seal, mout Uh, widespread uh, death uh, upon uh, the earth. The fifth seal speaks of those who during that time will be martyred for their faith. The sixth seal, Al-Khitam As-Sadis, a great earthquake A, a great uh, earthquake uh, uh, that strikes the earth, Zazel Azim. The seventh seal actually introduces the next seven events, which are the trumpets. Al Khitm al Saber, who we show, who we bidayat al Dainunat al Saba, Ateli, Yelihini al Saba Abwaq. Uh, now you are in Revelation chapter 8, and uh, the first trumpet, hail and fire mixed with uh, blood. Uh, the second trumpet, a huge mountain, uh, strikes the sea, and uh, a, a third of the sea uh, turns to blood. Jabal Azim, Uh, third trumpet similar to the second except uh, uh, lakes and rivers the fourth trumpet also something in the heavens uh, uh, a third of the sun and of the moon and of The stars are struck with darkness. Tilt الشمس والقمر والنجوم تضرب بالظلام. The fifth trumpet, uh, a plague of terrifying locusts. ضربة جراد. The sixth uh, uh, trumpet has to do with uh, angels who uh, are released from the east, from the Euphrates. And they bring destruction with uh, them. And then the seventh trumpet is the introduction of the next set of judgments, which are the seven uh, vials or the seven bowls. Uh, 
هو مقدمة سلسلة الدينونات التالية المعروفة بالسبع جامات The Seven Balls Now If you look at the book of Revelation and the events that are described there, the seventh trumpet, it doesn't seem from the book of Revelation that it matches up with what we read of in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and uh, verse 52. البوق السابع بسفر الرؤيا ما منشوف إنه في عنده النقاط المشتركة. يلي بتخلينا نقول انه هو نفسه البوق المذكور بكورنثوس الاولى 15 52 First uh, Corinthians 15:52 The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised uh, uh, shall uh, be raised The seventh trumpet in the book of uh, Revelation you don't read in connection with it that there is a resurrection of the dead. Here it says the last trumpet, there is a finality. If you know, I mean, the final There are still seven judgments to follow, the seven judgments of the bowls, al jamat If you want to say two passages in the Bible speak about the same thing, much more likely 1 Corinthians 15 and 52 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 are speaking about uh, the same thing. Uh, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, much greater uh, likelihood that uh, the two passages are speaking of the same event. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4. Uh, it says in 1 Thessalonians 4:16, For the Lord himself shall uh, descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Alright? See, this is very clearly a trumpet which is related to what? Which is related to the resurrection. The resurrection specifically of believers, which, remember, is the subject of 1 Corinthians 15. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds. And this also matches up with what we see in 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be uh, changed. Uh, but we shall uh, all be changed. So, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, we see there uh, similarities, and what we understand these passages to be speaking of is what we call the rapture, al-ikhtitaf. Uh, uh, one of the things that the Bible speaks of with regard to the second coming of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is the fact that it is imminent and the idea of imminency is the following, that it can happen at any time. As such a time as men think not, uh, like a thief in the night. Many other uh, statements uh, of uh, that kind. So, 
if we think that the last trumpet of 1 Corinthians 15:52, if we think that this last trumpet is the seventh trumpet uh, in the book of Revelation, we don't have the imminency anymore. Because it has to be preceded by the seven seals and it has to be preceded by the six trumpets and the things that I mentioned. And unless those things happen, then the resurrection, the rapture cannot happen. But the way we understand and see things in the Bible, we, we see and understand that the rapture is imminent. And someone might say, what about troubles and wars and so on? Yes, yes, I agree with that. But the truth is that troubles and wars, to some extent, are present in various times. Uh, the six seals, excuse me, the seven seals and the six trumpets are, I think, much more specific than that. And if you say that the last trumpet uh, of 1 Corinthians 15:51 is the seventh trumpet uh, of the book of Revelation, then you don't have imminency uh, any uh, more uh, uh, with regard to the coming of the Lord, with regard to his coming in the uh, rapture. Remember that 1 Corinthians 15 has to do with the believer. It has to do with the church. The time of the tribulation is a time when there is faith upon the earth, but the time of the tribulation is not the time of the church. The church is taken up. The church is taken up in the uh, uh, rapture. And this is what we understand, again, from several passages and several uh, considerations. And therefore, I think it is at least possible, in fact, likely, in fact, I believe the correct interpretation not to identify of First Corinthians 15, 50, uh, 52, excuse me, I said 51 uh, a moment ago. I think it's correct not to identify this trumpet with the seventh trumpet of the book of Revelation. The last trumpet that we're speaking of, believers are being addressed, the church is being addressed, the last trumpet, in some sense, I think it can be understood. I think this is the right way to understand it, that it's the last trumpet for them. It is the last trumpet as far as they are uh, uh, concerned. Uh, uh, concerned. Uh, so, a number of differences exist between what is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15:52, and the things that are associated with the seventh trumpet in the book of Revelation. A number of differences exist which make us think that the two are not uh, the uh, same, uh, uh, are not uh, the same. Uh, you could speak of the fact that uh, here it is uh, uh, said to be uh, the trumpet of God. Over there it is not said uh, to be the trumpet uh, uh, of God. Over here there is no mention of a sequence leading up to it. Over there, of course, there are uh, six trumpets uh, which uh, uh, precede uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus in the air. 
First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 is not mentioned with regard to uh, the seventh uh, uh, trumpet. The seventh trumpet, the emphasis there is upon judgment. And here it doesn't seem like it is a context of judgment. It doesn't seem like that is uh, the message, like that is the character of uh, this trumpet. Look with me at Isaiah 27 and verse 13. Another thing is, the seventh trumpet of that, seven, uh, of that sequence, is it indeed the last trumpet in the sense that there is not another trumpet after that? Look at Isaiah 27 and verse 13. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come who were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. Now, I don't want to get into much detail regarding end times and what comes first, second, third, fourth, but it seems to me that this is the kind of thing that will take place at the end of the tribulation, the beginning of the millennium. So there is a great trumpet which follows the seventh trumpet of the book of Revelation, which means that the seventh trumpet of the book of Revelation is not necessarily the last trumpet is not necessarily uh, the last uh, trumpet. Uh, there are many trumpets mentioned uh, in uh, the Bible. To me, I, it doesn't seem necessary that the last trumpet mentioned here is the last of the seven in the book of Revelation. Uh, in the book of uh, uh, Revelation. Uh, those who hold to the idea that this trumpet is the seventh, all right, therefore reach the conclusion that the believers and the church experience a certain part of the tribulation period, and then somewhere in the middle of that period perhaps, or towards the end of it, but before the end of it, that's when the believers are taken out of the world. So believers go through part of the tribulation, perhaps a good part of the tribulation. If someone believes that this trumpet is the last trumpet, then that's what uh, they believe. Now, we're not talking here about the deity of Christ, and if someone has a different view regarding this matter, it's not the same as saying that he believes that salvation is by works. But at the same time, as I see and understand things from many passages, I don't think that the Bible teaches that the, the church enters the tribulation period. And to say this trumpet is that trumpet and to make that an argument and to, cons and to ignore other arguments that point in another direction, I think the other uh, uh, arguments are more compelling, and I, I don't see there's a need for this to be the seventh trumpet in uh, that uh, sequence. Perhaps another biblical picture, maybe, maybe, that might be more relevant, is a connection to uh, the Old Testament, where there was something called the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets, 
Uh, let's read about it. The, the law does not speak about it in great detail. Uh, in fact, it's mentioned explicitly in two passages only, uh, Leviticus 23 and verses uh, the Bible says, The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpet, a holy convocation. You will do, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Uh, blowing of trumpets, uh, a memorial, a time of holy gathering, rest from work, Lord. Uh, uh, these are the things that are mentioned here. Numbers 29 and verse uh, 1, Hadad Tisawashin Wahad. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, ye shall have a holy convocation. You will do no servile work. It is a day of blowing the trumpets unto you, and then he goes on speaking about sacrifice and details regarding uh, sacrifice. Uh, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter uh, 8. Um, if I'm not mistaken uh, here... Uh, what we have is a gathering together of uh, the people. Yes, Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 2. All right. Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And so the events that are mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 8, specifically uh, from verse 1 to verse 12, uh, these are days that took place, these are events which took place on the first day of the seventh month. You're talking about something like uh, the first day of, um, I think their calendar, the seventh month would occur in what we would call today September. Uh, sometime, uh, maybe, maybe towards the middle of September. Anyway, First day, seventh month, uh, the events of Nehemiah chapter, uh, chapter 8. Uh, in fact, there were two important feast days in the seventh month, which came not long after the Feast of Trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets was the first day of the seventh month, and then not long after that, the Day of Atonement, Yom al-Kafara, and then, after that, the Feast of Tabernacles, Eid al-Midal, or Eid al-Khiyam, where they would uh, live outside their houses for a week, remembering the time in the wilderness. So there was a, actually a sequence of, uh, uh, of feasts in a short time. Some people say that the Feast of Trumpets may have been a reminder that these things are coming. Uh, of course, the Bible says in many different passages that we should remember what the Lord has done. Uh, some people say the Feast of Trumpets may have been a reminder of the giving of the law and the appearance of the Lord on Mount Sinai. Why? Because that was accompanied with the sound of a trumpet. There was a feast called the Feast of the uh, Trumpets, the gathering of the people. 
the sacrificing, the worshipping uh, of uh, the people. Uh, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 31. Uh, Matthew 24 and verse uh, 31 uh, mentions the trumpet as well. It says uh, that uh, he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to uh, another. Uh, to uh, another. Back in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse uh, 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And we shall uh, be changed. And maybe it's worth stopping here just for a moment and saying, this great change which the Lord will surely bring to pass may remind us that we're supposed to be experiencing change in our life now. And I mean by that, change for the better. <laughs> not uh, change for, uh, uh, for the worse. Uh, not change for uh, the, uh, the, the worse. Sometimes when we're playing uh, tennis down here, joke around uh, as we're playing, you know, someone says, oh, what's the score? The score is 1-1. And then you say, that's going to change. Well, of course it's going to change. You're either going to lose or you're going to win the next point or the next game. It's not a matter of changing. It's a matter of changing for the better. <laughs> it's a matter of changing for the better. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 that as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image. بينما نحن ننظر إلى مجد الرب نتغير إلى تلك الهيئة إلى تلك الهيئة We don't want change like Adam and Eve experienced change through the fall of man. <laughs> we want a different kind of change. Opposite direction. Uh, opposite direction. This corruptible must put on incorruption. What is corruptible must now be incorruptible. And what was mortal, يلي كان خاضع للموت غير خالد, must become immortal. And remember, we're speaking of the body here. This is not about the immortality of the spirit and of the soul. Of course, the Bible teaches the immortality of the spirit and the soul, but that's not what we're speaking of here. النقطة هون مش خلود النفس والروح. الكتاب طبعا بيعلم خلود النفس والروح وأزلية وأبدية عفوا النفس والروح بس عم نحكي هون عن الجسد an incorruptible body and an immortal body where is it going to come from? it's going to come not by me somehow developing and evolving or by me finding a fountain of youth في أسطورة عن نبع بسموه نبع شو نبع بالإنجليزي بسموه نبع الشباب إنه اللي بيشرب من هالماي بيكون خطيار بيرجع بيرجع شاب it comes from God it comes from outside it comes from outside this corruptible must put on incorruption uh, 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 in corruption. It comes from an external source. It is the working uh, of uh, God. 
So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in uh, victory. Uh, uh, in uh, victory. Uh, let me take you back to the beginning of the chapter. Uh, For I delivered unto you, first of all, this is verse 3, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again according to the Scriptures. According to the Scriptures. The emphasis that you see from the beginning, that you see in so many places in the Bible, things have to be according to God's Word. Things have to take place according to the Scripture. When this change of corruptible to incorruptible and mortal to immortal, when it takes place, then the saying will be fulfilled. God's word must be fulfilled. The scripture, this is what the Lord Jesus said, cannot be broken. Cannot be broken. It shall be brought to pass, the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Uh, where is this? This is Isaiah chapter 25 and uh, verse 8. Uh, Isaiah 25 and verse 8. The Bible says, He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. Alright? So, it wasn't John who came up uh, with that kind of statement. God shall wipe away all tears. And there shall be no more death. And there, there shall be no more death. رب سيمسح كل الدموع ولا يكون فيما بعد موت ولا حزن ولا بكاء ولا وجع neither sorrow nor crying nor any more uh, pain because the former things have passed away لأن الأشياء الأولى قد زالت he will swallow up death in victory and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces from all faces this is what Isaiah said. This is what Isaiah said. We should not, we sometimes think of the Bible as one book. And it's not wrong at all to do so. But at the same time, the Bible is many books. Suppose I were to come to you and tell you, I am a great leader. Sent by God. I am a prophet. You should listen to me. Suppose that Brother Paul comes and says the same thing. Except, as far as my claim is concerned, I am the only one who is presenting it. But as far as Brother Paul is concerned, there are prophecies about him, many different witnesses, many different times. Things have been said pointing to the future pointing to his coming, his ministry, his presence, his message. 
we have Isaiah and, of course, many others speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking of things uh, uh, yet uh, to come. Uh, yet to come. Even the Lord Jesus himself acknowledged to some extent that if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. But then he went ahead and another time he said, my witness is true. But, but when he said, my witness is not true, he said, there is the Father, there is John the Baptist, there is the works that I do, there are uh, the scriptures. There are the scriptures. It shall come to pass, the saying uh, uh, which is written, death is swallowed up in uh, victory. Uh, uh, in victory. Um, someone can say, uh, what is happening with the cause of Christ and there is so much evil in this world and wicked men seem to be uh, so strong, so powerful, evil seems to be uh, so uh, prevalent. Uh, it will end with victory for the Lord. Uh, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 20 says, A bruised reed shall he not break, the smoking flax shall he not quench, he shall bring forth justice to victory. سيأتي بالانتصار للعدالي للبر رح يأخذ العدالي والبر إلى النصر إلى الانتصار. He will lead justice to victory. And again, if this is God's program, it is a program of victory then let us say to ourselves, and I believe rightly so, and biblically so, that victory should be the portion of the believer, not just after, not just later, not just in the end. The Bible says, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First uh, John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their own lives unto the death. Then shall come to pass uh, the saying which is written that death is swallowed up uh, in uh, victory. O death, where is thy sting? Uh, o grave, where is thy uh, victory? Some connection, uh, perhaps, with another verse in the Old Testament. Uh, this in the book of Hosea, uh, chapter 13 and verse 14. 
Now, this is not what you would call an exact quote. Uh, you might call it a paraphrase. Hosea chapter 13 and verse 14. I will ransom them from uh, the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy uh, destruction. Uh, destruction. Repentance, meaning any change in God's promise. Uh, uh, repentance shall be hid from my uh, eyes. Uh, so, O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. So, some similarity to uh, what uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 55. O death, where is uh, thy sting? Uh, where is uh, thy sting? Um, uh, a sting. بالعربي بعتقد الترجمية موت وين شوكتك وين شوكتك could be a reference sometimes uh, farmers to get animals moving they have a rod and it has a sharp point احيانا الفلاح اللي بيشتغل مع الحيوانات ليحرك بعض الحيوانات بيكون عنده هيك قشبه طويله ومروصه لا ينكس الحيوان ويحركه ويحركه فهيدا الطرف المروص this uh, sharpened point uh, this could be thought of as uh, the sting or uh, like a scorpion or some other similar creatures that sting uh, uh, that uh, sting hasharat what is a scorpion in arabic a'rab thank you al'arab bikun indo bikun indo ma bi'aqus bi 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 ijri fi aisa all right this is what we are talking about as well uh, uh, People say the same thing about bees, that when they sting, the, the, the sting actually ends up being in the uh, wound. Uh, oh, death, where is your sting? Uh, where is uh, your sting? People have said uh, sometimes, I've heard it, I don't know whether it's true, uh, I've heard it about bees. It, it cannot sting anymore because the sting is gone. Because if the, if the bee stung me, then, then the sting is here uh, in the little wound that I uh, have sustained. And uh, so it, it cannot sting somebody else. Uh. Mm. Uh, uh, I will take your word for it. So, uh, the, the sting, uh, uh, the, the sharp point of the stick or the sting of the scorpion or bee, once that is gone, then the power to harm is pretty much gone. Uh, uh, خلص بطلت موجودة 
بطلت موجودة بنفس الطريقة Odeth where is your sting your sting look at Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15 Hebrews chapter 2 for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, uh, that through death he might destroy him that has the power of death. Uh, so that by death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them uh, who, uh, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to uh, bondage. So, the sting, the venom, the poison, السم. هيدا مش من نصيبنا لأنه المسيح أخذ هالضربة عنا. Because the Lord Jesus Christ bore this punishment for us, and therefore death, is drained of its power. الموت ما بقى عنده هالقوة. ما بقى عنده هالأزا. Still exists and still affects the believer, but affects the believer temporarily. التأثير على المؤمن هو تأثير وقتي. وقتي. The Lord Jesus said, Because I live, ye shall live also, لأني أنا حي. فأنتم ستحيون أيضا Gospel of John Let's read from chapter 6 يوحنا والإصحاح 6 ومن عدد 35 عفوا من عدد 30 إلى 35 From verse 30 to verse 35 They said therefore unto him What sign showest thou that we may see and believe? What sign showest thou that we may see and believe? He had just fed the 5,000. Right? And he had walked on the sea. Of course, that was not uh, a miracle done before the multitude. But they came and asked him, How did you get to this side? of the lake كيف وصلت إلى هذا الجزء من البحيرة لأنه كانت تركت السفن كانت تركت السفن وفجأة المسيح حالتين جهة نهار and still this is not enough anyway this is not the point they said to him what sign do you show us that we may see and believe what does thou work our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written he gave them bread from heaven to eat then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall Never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I am, John chapter 11, the resurrection and the life. Ana al-qiyami wa al-hayat. O death, where is thy sting? Thy sting, O grave, where is 
thy victory. Where is thy victory? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of this message that Christ is the first fruits of them that sleep and that every enemy will be destroyed, including death, so that Christ will reign in all things. We thank you because we have every good reason to believe in this message. We have every reason to think that this will happen because our Savior rose from the dead. We pray that uh, you would help us to realize that as we live our lives as your children, that we should be changed day by day, that corruption should fade, and that holiness and righteousness should take hold more and more. Help us to know that your word will be fulfilled. It will come to pass what is written, and Christ will be glorified in all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.